Scotland's a small country, so they've only got so much land to create whiskey, right? A lot of these fine winemakers as well, like in France, they've only got so much land. In Napa Valley, they've only got so much land. As the world drinks more, the world literally can't make more. You know, so there's no dilution. You know, there's no, you can't split tokens in crypto. You can't allocate new shares. You can't split shares. It's, um, it is what it is. And as long as people keep drinking more, then the value will hold. Welcome to the latest episode of Decoded, where the most intriguing people in business, finance, and investing share insights that we can apply to our own lives. Today, Ryan Pallotta is talking with Maxwell Nee. Maxwell is managing partner at Weno Group, an investment firm specializing in luxury assets like wine and whiskey. Maxwell shares his insights on why more and more investors are turning to these potent alternative assets to diversify their portfolios and protect themselves from volatility. He points out that wine and whiskey have less than a 1% correlation to the market. He also reveals that the strategy employed by Weno Group has never returned less than 11% annually. Maxwell then gives us a sneak peek into Weno's upcoming launch of a wine and whiskey exchange, where investors will be able to trade these hard assets just like stocks. Lastly, Maxwell explains why he's so excited to introduce Prometheus users to an alternative asset class generating consistent returns. This episode demonstrates the importance of investing in assets that perform in a way that traditional investments can only dream of. Right now, Prometheus users are getting ideas and insights directly from top financial professionals like Maxwell and accessing managed alternative funds more easily than ever before. Go to our website, prometheusalts.com, and get started today. And now, enjoy our talk with Maxwell Nee. Cheers. Maxwell, I'm super excited to talk to you because mostly that your fund focuses on wine and whiskey, which are two of my favorite things to drink. And I think it's insanely interesting that you could make money for people using wine and whiskey. First off, I want to learn a little bit more about how this is even possible and how you got involved kind of in this kind of in this kind of sector of finance. Had you had a background in in like investments and alts and anything before? Uh, or were you just like a wine lover that you're just like, I need to find a way to make money doing this? Yeah, great question. Thank you, uh, Ryan. Um, yeah, so a bit of both, you know, so I'm the managing partner of um, the Oweno Wine and Whiskey Fund. Mm-hmm. And um, there's two parts of my background. The first part is I spent about five years in corporate banking, you know, managing $100 million businesses and that sort of thing in, in Australia for yeah. the Commonwealth Bank. And then the second part of my background is um, I built an online education company. If you Google it, you'll see that I've been in publications like Forbes and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, what that, that business grew 300% um, profitability by 300% in about five months. Oh, wow. And that, yeah, yeah. And that was because, um, you know, what I love to do is I love to find undiscovered pockets of opportunity mm-hmm. um, and, and see what's coming and, and, um, you know, position ourselves that we've, you know, got essentially like the control and the ability to execute on those undiscovered pockets of um, opportunity. Interesting. So then how did that kind of bring you to undiscovered opportunities in wine and whiskey specifically? And yeah, had, you heard, so- had you heard about like people using, um, you know, something that's, you know, not a security, not a, not a stock, not a company, uh, but using like a commodity like, uh, an alcoholic beverage to make money in a fund? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I had no idea, you know. So when my last business was doing well, I was looking for places to put my funds. Um, I yeah. had a bit in property. You know, I'm probably like a lot of people listening, you know, had a bit of property, had a bit in stocks and shares, put some in an ETF, wasn't doing so well. Um, and Were you a big wine uh, drinker? Did you like drink quite a bit of whiskey? Australians do drink a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I... I, um, I've been living in Europe, so I haven't lived in Australia for about five years. So I live between mm-hmm. like Barcelona, London. They drink a lot like as well. Copenhagen. So yeah, 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 European. You know, that's, that's, that's where it comes from, right? So huh. I um, fell in love with wine and whiskey whilst I was over there. And then uh, when I was doing well in my last business, I was looking for alternative assets to invest in. You know, and mm-hmm. I discovered you could invest in whiskey cars, which makes a lot of sense to me. You know, I think I just shared... Um, you know, I was in Chicago one time and I ordered an old fashioned, but I, you know, like a whiskey instead of bourbon. So I said, you know, I'll have Macallan 12. I said, no way, you know, I'm on holiday. I'm here visiting a good friend. Yeah. I'll have Macallan 18, right? Okay. And, so that's um, an upgrade from Macallan 12 for people that don't know the difference, right? Are you listening? Yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 it's the exact same whiskey, Scotch whiskey, uh, but it's six mm. years older. Exactly the same. It's six right? years so older. Okay. Six, yeah. So 12 to 18, and, right? And just what would be the years. price per ounce difference for something like that? Uh, I don't, I'm not that good at math. I'm not a quant <laughs> to work out price per ounce, but I could tell you the difference in the price per glass. Well, so for a drink. Macall- yeah. yeah. Macallan 12 at a bar, Chicago, $25. Macallan 18 at a bar in Chicago, $125. $125. Wow. Yeah. So, so 5X increase in price for six years of aging. And and that, that was in the back of my head. Right. So I thought, oh, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of, um, a lot of like almost like predictable Mm -hmm. value creation in time and and it makes sense, right? Because you, you, you can't cheat time. Um, so I looked into casts and, you know, casts basically you buy alcohol at year zero, um, you know, you might buy it for two thousand dollars for for two hundred liters, something like that. And then um, at year ten, that two thousand liters, depending on how you exit, it could be worth four thousand, could be worth five thousand, could be worth even ten thousand dollars, depending yeah. on the brand. So um, I, I really like that. I really like the fundamental of you can't cheat time. You know, there's scarcity in this. For example, Scotch whiskey. Scotland's a small country, so they've only got so much land mm-hmm. to create whiskey right a lot of these fine winemakers as well um like in france they've only got so much land in napa valley they've only got so much land so mm-hmm. um as the world drinks more the world literally can't make more you know so there's no dilution you know there's no you can't split yeah. tokens in crypto you can't allocate new shares you can't split shares it's um it is what it is and as long as people keep drinking more um then the value will hold and do, Which, do you find that people drink more during like economic uncertainty? I think during COVID, there were some stats that people were actually drinking quite a bit more during the shutdowns and lockdowns. Uh, do you find that um, maybe that's like a hedge for you guys? Yeah, so COVID was great for the industry, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> because you know, it's a bit like a COVID is great for Zoom. You know, everyone's yeah. stuck at home. There's only so many ways to interact with your family and, and whoever. Mm. So what we found was... I bet you can't wait um, for the next pandemic. Uh, like, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, if, it, if if there's a pandemic, if anyone has a foresight to see a pandemic coming, you know, you you want to talk to us about <laughs> where to put your money. So, so what happened during COVID was that people, you think about it, right? Sitting at home, you're ordering mm-hmm. Uber Eats. Um, you spend so much on you can only spend so much on Uber Eats, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're like, okay, well, I might drink, you know, have a drink as well. What am I drink a bit better? 
you know, so you've got a bit more budget because you're not traveling as well. You're not spending the ten, yeah. twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year traveling. So um, all of that uh, unnecessary money that goes into traveling cocktails that are overpriced goes into a great bottle of wine, a great bottle of scotch. You know, if that if that tickles your fancy. So what we found was that people started drinking better. And when you drink better for a certain period of time, like two years, um, it's a bit like flying first class from Sydney to New York ten times in a row and trying to go back, trying to go back down to economy. Okay. You know, yeah, it's it's it's, yeah, it's, it's not easy, right? So, yeah. um, so that happens to the whole world, which has been great for the industry. Outside Everyone's of elevated that, their drinking taste. You can't go back to like I can't drink the same beer I drank in university. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, beer, you know, you can't drive the same car as your first car mm. you drove, you know, especially if you're making more money, you're doing well, right? You know, as people yeah. elevate their um, their job, their career, they um, they want to elevate other parts of their life as well, and alcohol is one of them. Interesting. And then, so this kind of brought you to kind of create a fund of, like, what is it, companies? Are you Is a fund of different alcoholic brands? How do people specifically... How does a fund in the alternative space operate when it comes to something that's more of a commodity that doesn't really, it's not like you're investing in the company, McAllen. Uh, so how do you invest in the commodity of like wine and alcohol? Yeah, great question. So um, I'll tell you about our strategy because obviously that's what, that's what we Is it like buying lot, like oil? Like, is sense. it like I'm going to buy like a crude oil or natural gas or like, is it kind of the same analogy to that? Yeah. So it's, it's just like a commodity, you know, it's like buying gold, you know, colored diamonds. Um, you know, these are hard assets that are non-correlated to the market. So what we're buying is bottles and casts. And um, we're buying bottles and casts. Um, so if you watch the maturation and value increase of wine or whiskey, mm-hmm. what you'll find is that let's say you want to buy 10-year-old wine. What you'll find is that the majority, like 70, 80% of the uplift happens in like the last three years. So as long as you get access to that, you're pretty well placed to um, uh, to, to 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 basically bet on um, a, you know growth in that in that particular bottle, mm-hmm. you know French, Italian, or, or wherever. Um, and it's not easy to do. You know we've got a we've got a big enterprise. We've got a hundred people around the world, full time yeah. people, four different continents, speaking six languages, making this whole machine work um, for us to invest in these uh, consumable commodities. But is there an exchange that monitors the price of these things? Like, how do you create a market for something like wine or like caskets of wine or um, whiskey? Yeah, great question. So um, in the wine, whiskey's fairly new. Whiskey's only really started booming in like the last 15 Mm -hmm. years or so. You know, if you see the Knight Frank Wealth Report, which I think a lot of people read, you'll see that. You know, whiskey's grown 428% over the last 10 years, which is, wow. you know, obscene. Um, it's starting to slow down a little bit, but it's it's set a new benchmark, you know. <clears throat> um, yeah. With wine, so whiskey doesn't have an index. Wine does have an index. Uh, wine has an index uh, oh, called LiveX. It's called Yeah, basically LiveX, so L-I-V-E-X. And okay. basically that's an amalgamation of trading between about 560 merchants. You know, a merchant is... Um, someone that might have five to ten thousand clients, so they they've got a pretty good handle on uh, wines being traded, you know, internationally. And f- from there, so like they'll you'll you'll look at the how do you operate as a fund? Are you buying like uh, Pinot Grigios? Like how do you how does that like work as a fund manager for like 
things specific as specific as wine um are you deciding on you know the year 2016 was a good year to buy into a, a certain type of grape um like how does that really work yeah great question so um there's about four or five different elements that we look at in terms of idea generation of what to buy when to buy Mm -hmm. um really high level you know what we want to look for first of all is a global brand you know we okay. don't want to buy something that only people in sydney australia drink we want so are to you actually drunk. buying brands as well so like a camus from california like how do you are you actually yeah. buying companies yes well? yeah like no 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 specific bottles from companies right so we might be buying okay. like 10 percent of the portfolio of the wine portfolio from napa uh 35 oh, wow. from from italy uh, 35% from France, and then the rest of it split between Australia, Spain, Portugal, even Lebanon, Greece, you know. Oh, interesting. I, I so really winemakers in those regions, you'll buy into their supply. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll buy into their supply young and allow investors to ride the um, the appreciation for when that wine ages because, you know, oh, wow. like the old wow. saying, ages like fine wine, ages like whiskey. Yeah. Uh, ride the appreciation as it ages, um, exit our clients, um, of the fund to people. So who, who are you selling it. it to at that point when you exit? Yeah. So we have, um, we're one of the only wine investment firms that have vertical integration. So we have a fine wine bar in London, uh, London, uh, by the way, is the hot, the hotspot for fine wine and whiskey trading, mm -hmm. like in the world. Um, we have other merchants that we partner with. We have restaurants, we have Michelin star restaurants in, oh, wow. in London. We have hotels, we have, um, Oh wow! Uh, private mem private members clubs. We sell e-commerce. Uh, we're also launching an exchange that will be launching Q1 next year, um, so that our investors can exit and buy and drink from each other as well. If oh, they amazing. So to. could could it be like a Coinbase type exchange where I can go in and buy um, bottles and wine and commodity like a commodity just instantaneously? Exactly, exactly. And the difference wow. is you can you can take it out of supply to drink it. You know, if if, if oh, you amazing. wanted to, so you could be an investor or drinker. Yeah. Or you can never touch it and you just know that your supply exists somewhere and then sell it to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so the idea of this fund is basically introduce the world to, you know, these assets being used just like any other financial, you know, commodity that can be put into a financial instrument. You know, like I said, oil, corn, gold, grain, yeah. cannabis or whatever. Well, what's interesting is it's like completely hedged against the markets, I guess, just during how do you find you guys perform during times like this where you have extreme volatility um, and extreme chaos, macro issues? Um, how do you guys seem to perform? Do you, are you worried about the markets? Um, and how do you look at the macro as somebody who focuses on such a specific niche part of the market? Yeah, yeah, great question. So the, the cool thing about these assets is that they more or less sit in their own economy. You know, mm -hmm. if you look at the numbers, and you look at the growth and the the price movements of this compared to the stock market. You know, I could I could share a graph for this episode. You know, the the correlation is um, less than less than one percent. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's completely uncorrelated. It sits outside its own asset class. And if you think about it, um, alcohol is a habit, right? Yeah, it's a habit, and it's a habit being um, enjoyed by probably the top ten percent of income earners on the planet. Like these type of um, of mm -hmm. um of luxury goods so you know if you think about brands like lvmh and ferrari and lamborghini yeah. you know they they don't sweat too much about inflation taxes or whatever because their clientele um just pay for it you know and, yeah. and the same with the same with our clientele um of who will, we will exit these assets to 
Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about like investing in Rolexes, for example. Um, the price of a Rolex increasing by 40 percent. The you know someone's just going to pay for it, or even a Ferrari might be uh, retail for one hundred fifty thousand, but someone who wants one is just going to spend whatever for it. Do you find that wine and whiskey is kind of the same thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, because if you think about it, um, you know, especially like champagne. Now, champagne's done really well. It's more than thirty percent last year. Um, I'm assuming because everyone's coming out of COVID and they're celebrating and people are traveling like they haven't traveled in three years because they haven't, right? Yeah. Uh, and and the numbers show, you know, Bernard um, Assault, the yeah. CEO of LBMH, is now the world's richest person, you know, so he's positioned himself really well for a contracting economy. Uh, in the meantime, you know, Facebook, Tesla, Bezos, Amazon um, have all dropped, right, because they – they sell assets to the consumers instead of the um, yeah. know, top income earners. Yeah. So, are you how how well are you guys doing? Like, what were returns like for a fund like yours in the past like year? Yeah, yeah. So this is our um, our first time we put what we have to offer in a fund. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been executing this strategy for about nine years now. Uh, we've done that through, I think in America, it's called SMAs, so like separate mm-hmm. managed accounts where we have like one-to-one broker, broker um, connections. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have your own personal wine portfolio that you own, not a part of a fund, a bit more a bit more of a collector and a bit more about the romance of it, wine or whiskey as well, uh, we can help you with that. And the industry in the last 50 years has averaged about 8 to 12% return mm-hmm. uh, each year. Uh, last year we did... Um, Last year we did 15.87, which is great. You know, we won about three awards for that across our portfolio. We've got about 83 million US under management mm-hmm. from private portfolios. Uh, and then every year after that, we haven't we haven't done below 11. So, oh, wow. um, and, and that, that that's all on valuation. You, know, you haven't done lower experience. than 11% returns. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. So you guys so, are cr- killing the, you're killing the S&P 500. You're killing the markets. <laughs> Yeah, it's, 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 you know, and that's why we want to share this with the world, right? We want everyone to be educated, you know, uh, you know, you, you choose how you diversify your own portfolio. We just want people to know that, you know, if you're looking at things like a term deposit, holding mm-hmm. cash, you know, holding some in wine, um, especially, you know, if you, if you think about it like this, right, someone introduced me to this idea where if you could somehow afford to buy 30 casts of um, whiskey in your mm-hmm. life, I heard this story about this gentleman. He bought 30 casts of whiskey at the age of about 45 and um, to start exiting them 10 years from now at 55. If he exits one of them a year, um, he will exit one of them a year until he dies and he'll have, he's budgeted more money <laughs> from um, from selling the cast one per year until he dies before he dies. Oh, wow. So he's, he's basically... Uh, you know, and that's based on like fixed spending, projected spending habits, right? Mm-hmm. But he's basically um, planned, bought his retirement plan at 45 to then exit until when he expects to die um, because of the aging value of these assets, right? Incredible. It's like that's super interesting. And and how do you guys, like I'm sure weather would actually have an important role in this. Like what happens when you guys have a drought or uh, when there's like issues like that that you are maybe unforeseen in yeah. Uh, because so much of this stuff is reliant upon basically the farmers, the growers pro- uh, producing um, for that year um, or the years before. Do you have to predict and like weather forecast what's going to happen later? Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got 
we've got um, three masters of wine on our team. You know, you've got to remember these producers, they are farmers, you know, they're in agriculture. And um, these masters of wine, you know, they've spent on average 20 years in the industry. So they've got relationships and insights yeah. and statistics and numbers that they developed 20 years ago, mm. right? Um, and we've got another one in training. Uh, fun fact, there's actually more astronauts in the world than there are masters of wine. It's a very, very hard oh. accolade to, to get your yeah. hands on. And, um, you know, what they look at is they look at these producers, you know, for example, those bushfires in um, 19 and 20 uh, mm. in Australia. There's also bushfires in Napa. So you can imagine what that does yeah. to the soil, the air, the land, the grapes, mm. the harvest, the vines. Um, so basically yields have fallen. Climate change only makes harvesting harder um, where a lot of the producers in Australia are scheduled for a price increase. From oh, wow. Their, so that actually increasing their, the return then on wine because it's making it more scarce. Yeah, yeah. You know, unfortunately, fortunately, catastrophic events like a death of a producer, um, climate change, um, is only makes things more scarce, which is actually you know great for investors. So, so are, you, are, you, are you the one out there setting fires to the vehicles <laughs> and most of your investments? <laughs> No, 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 I would never do that because, you know, we've got a lot of love for the industry, right? But in, but it's, it's you know, for example, 2018 was a great year for yeah. all wine, you know, mostly around the planet. And we haven't had a year like that in a while, which means that everyone's got their best stock, you know, that was made mm. four or five years ago, um, which means that because a lot of people have lower yields over the last three years, they have to increase their price of their 2018 to make up for the lost profits, right? So... So one, you know, key strategy you can walk away with is get your hands on as much 2018 as possible of fine wine, especially from Australia and Napa, because um, you've had bushfires since and it was a great year. Um, and as the yields go lower, especially small, you know, still family-owned fifth-generation winemakers, they have to increase their prices. And when they increase the price of 2018, their price of everything else that they owned before that goes up mm -hmm. as well right? Because um, it sets a new benchmark. So these assets are inflation plus. Oh, wow. You know, so, they, yeah. so inflation is, um, is a very exciting time for wine and whiskey. You know, if we're looking at 10% inflation, that's great. Um, it's yeah. very exciting. I can't quote exactly where it'll be. The rest of the world is but, freaking but, out and suffering and they cost them a fortune at the grocery store, but you guys are super happy about it. Yeah. Um, and our investors are super happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Except, so the so the so that's interesting. The, so the what the Fed does with cutting interest rates to fight inflation, and everyone else in the market's kind of freaking out about inflation. You guys are kind of you guys are kind of chilling. Yeah, you know, we, we sit on the same bench as, like I said, Louis Vuitton. You know, they don't sweat. Lamborghini doesn't sweat. Ferrari, Bentley doesn't sweat. Bugatti doesn't sweat during inflation. They're yeah. like, okay, you know, we increased our price ten years ago. You know, um, like companies that rely like GM probably sweats because gas prices go up, people drive less, but someone who drives a Ferrari doesn't care what the price of gas is. Yeah, exactly. You know, in fact, you know, we're, we're talking about the real top of the pyramid uh, mm -hmm. for, for most of the people. And that's not always the case, right? Um, but the top of the pyramid of these people that um, that earn the, the money to buy these assets and drink them mm -hmm. regularly, they... Um, you know they're they're on the right side of inflation. A lot of these people, they're business owners. You know they they hold seven figure jobs. You know mid yeah. six figure jobs. You know they they're on the right side of inflation as well. So they're really just 
finding a way to monetize from their friends <laughs> and mm, if you know in a way yeah. plus their their bosses and then their colleagues and business owners right yeah well what do you think is where do you think the industry is going and where would you like to see it go five ten years from now in terms of this specific type of investment do you see more technology kind of helping people um, allocate funds to uh, these types of investments, or is there a way that you can try to bring more investment advisors to realize that this is a great place to allocate their clients' wealth? Yeah, well, I think alternatives, broadly speaking, is great. You know, um, there's a KKR report that talks about up to 55, 54% of ultra high net worths are allocating to alternatives right now, which, mm. um, you know, if you just look at that number, you've got to ask yourself why, right? And yeah, they want the hedge. They want non-correlated mm-hmm. to, the, to the market. They want um, something where if their core business shrinks a little bit, they've they've got this dependable, you know, wine, whiskey, diamond, whatever yeah. portfolio, you know, private equity, cannabis, whatever it is. Um, and what those numbers translate to is that the investment alternatives I was reading over the last ten years has quadrupled. You know, and that's mm-hmm. where Prometheus comes in. You know, to to help people help that spread even further and everything like that. Um, And more specifically to wine and whiskey, what's happening is, you know, 30 years ago, 1990s, um, not many people outside of Europe drank wine and whiskey, except for, you know, some generally some really high net worth people in New York Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's like, I mean, European fine wine and whiskey. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the last few years, you know, um, Asia's caught on to it. China's caught on to it. Um, India's caught on to it. Uh, the US caught on to it. You know, um, McAllen, you know, you'll, you'll find every banker, you know, every lawyer, high-end lawyer in a movie, a TV show, what are they doing? They're sipping whiskey. Yeah, they're, whiskey. You know, they're ordering a very expensive bottle of wine or champagne, right? So what that means is that um, the, the population that's drinking these assets, the demand for these assets has increased by 10 times because there's across those countries, Australia, Canada, US, India, China, there's mm-hmm. 10 times more people in those countries than there are in just Central Europe and the UK, where it was drunk for like, you know, the last mm-hmm. 100 years before this trend has picked up. So mm-hmm. you're looking at a real shortage of um, of supply, which only means one thing, you know, people are willing to pay more for it to get their hands on it. So um, that's just the drinking side, you know, the investing yeah. side as well. Um, you know, I'm a millennial. And um, I love the idea of, you know, not just investing just to make money, but investing in a passion, you know, mm-hmm. as typical millennial passion impact. Uh, we're seeing a, we're seeing a huge, the largest uh, transfer of wealth, you know, in the next 10 years. Yeah, we are. Um, sure. So they're going to have a lot right? of millennials are going to have a lot more money to spend on. Yeah. Than yeah. Well, not just that, they'll, they'll be driving the ship, right? So millennials will be yeah. driving the ship of their family office and, you know, they're, they're not so interested right now in, in industrial companies or waste management or, you know, whatever, things like that. They're interested in impact investing, saving the planet, um, passion investing. investing What's interesting, it's also a hard asset where it's not like if the, you know, Tesla, for example, is like so reliant on what's happening. Um, If I'm invested in Tesla, I might have lost all the money I've invested today because it's gotten Mm -hmm. crushed lately. Um, You're not as reliant on macro and external factors like what is Elon going to say today? You, you exactly, know, exactly. <laughs> you yeah, must have yeah. that underlying asset so that, like, the chances of it, you know, declining below the value of that bottle um, is pretty rare. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, historically speaking, um, you know, if you look at the the graphs and the indices, it's it's very rare that someone could lose all their money in wine mm-hmm. and whiskey, and that's because the assets have utility. You know, they yeah. you drink them. You know, so they'll never be worth nothing. You can use it to drink, use it to light a fire. You know, um, it's 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 actually got uh, an application, mm-hmm. whether or not there's. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's using. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's using a hundred dollar glass of whiskey to light it on fire, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. gasping for that. But uh, that's yeah, that's interesting. You always have that hard asset um, that you can like you know that you someone can sell that bottle at a restaurant or something like that. Um, yeah. Really How would you like to see people use technology to make this a more effective tool? Yeah. So how do I see people to use technology to make this more effective tool? Um, well, we've, you know, we're building an exchange right now so people can trade, trade within each other because, um, you know, what happens right now is that a lot of the trading happens um, off market. This you know, you've got to know someone. Yeah, yeah, the Aweno exchange. You've, you've got to know people to, to sell their wine. You know, if you don't know 10 fine wine drinkers, you, 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 it's almost impossible to get to the industry. Um, so we want to bring that to, we want to bring visibility to the fact that you can trade these assets and watch yeah. prices move so that, you know, even the, the, the indices that I shared with you, you've got to be a registered merchant to, uh, to use it. Mm, okay. Um, cause it's like a, a real B2B sort of in-house, um, trading floor. Yeah. So we want to bring that to the public because, you know, when people start to see these numbers, um, they'll start to be able to make their own educated decisions, right? Which is what all we want to do. We want to put this right next to the Hensei, right next to the NASDAQ, right next to the ASX. Yeah. And uh, allow people to make their own choices about, um, you know, do I trade in cannabis today? Do I trade in wine today? Do I trade in stocks today? Yeah, I love um, that. I'd rather yeah. I'd rather trade in wine and whiskey than an NFT uh, or something like that, and a baseball yeah. card and NFTs or Trump NFTs. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I mean, you know, if people are paying half a million dollars for a JPEG with a QR yeah. code on it. Um, you know, uh, like wine has been aged thirty years. It's, it's got to hold some some value that makes sense to people, right? Yeah. And can you buy fractional shares in wine? Like, so instead, do I have to buy a whole bottle or whole casket or whole case of something or a barrel? Can I buy part of something? So, say a bottle of wine costs a thousand bucks, but I only want to buy part of that investment. Can you like buy fractional shares of something? Yeah, so we're working with a few partners to facilitate that as well, you know, mm-hmm. for the real like retail consumer and investor. If they want to invest, you know, wet their feet, wet their beak um, with, you know, $1,000 mm-hmm. or less. Um, so like there's a lot of those platforms coming, you know. I saw one for art the other day. Yeah. There's one in I, real estate. You know, a like, great art like one. Crowd, I forget what it's called, but like, like obviously crowd, not everybody. Can, sorry? Yeah. Yeah, like they're crowdfunding crowd the art. Yeah, yeah. Um, where you know, I like I obviously can't afford a Picasso, but maybe me and twenty people can, and I can own two percent of a Picasso or something like that. That's an interesting way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Well, how would you how like how do you think Prometheus could help or you know and your you know investment strategy um, kind of scale their growth? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Uh, we are in the midst of finalizing the the details of our of our fund, so it'll be on Prometheus, you know, um, very very soon in the new year, two thousand twenty three, and um, I think that we'll help each other. You know, I think that we can help a lot by, you know, at introducing all the Prometheus users and followers and community to this new asset class, whether or not they invest. At least we can help to educate them on it. Um, if you wow. follow me 
I'm posting, I'm trying to post every day, uh, every Amazing. Wednesday, yeah. just so I like can, um, I can have people, um, yeah, just, just learn a bit more. Cause it's just about comfortability, familiarity. You know, I could tell you mm-hmm. about the fundamentals all day, but you could do your own due diligence. Um, so we'll be on the platform very soon. And um, we'll, be, we'll be pointing people to Prometheus because I think it's a great platform. Like the fact that you've added this social aspect to information exchange um, is what has people, you know, wants to log in or at least take a look, you know, once mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's pretty hard to beat, you know, because I've seen a lot of exchanges, a lot of marketplaces, but there's no reason to log in unless you're sitting there, unless you won the lottery, but an extra you know, 10 yeah. bucks to, 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 to put somewhere and itchy to put it somewhere. You've got no reason. And, and then no reason. There's no, there's no way or interface to interface with managers like you or yourself to like, if I have a question about yeah, um, to have a conversation, investing in commodities like that, I can start a conversation with you. Um, communicate yeah, and, and, and see your real time thoughts on it. Yeah. And, and have a conversation that is maybe a casual conversation. You know, you don't have to always, you know, you people, I think investors also want to be able to get to know their, their, mm-hmm. um, their potential asset managers without, you know, this conversation having to move them down a funnel where they, they have to commit to something. It's like, look, look, can I get to know you first without yeah. citing an EOI or whatever, right? So yeah. I think Prometheus does a good job to help nurture that um, that sort of get to know each other connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think the one downfall about investing with you guys is that you might just accidentally drink your whole supply and drink your whole investment, and then it's just, it's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's only yeah, risk. you know. Uh, well, that's only if you jump in the private portfolio, you know. But um, but let, let me show you a bit about that because that's that's a very important point. So, mm-hmm. um, all the wine and whiskey is held either at the distillery, uh, mm-hmm. where it, it's that's the best place for it to be aged, or um, in our holding facility, which has about twelve million bottles in it, called London City Bond. So uh, London City Bond is like the industry standard for trading fine wine and whiskey and uh, everything that's held in there is held, uh, hasn't entered the consumer market yet. So what that means is that it hasn't like sales tax, import tax, alcohol tax, you know, I don't know what it's like in the US, but it's it's like 40, 60% in Australia. So if you're investing from a bottle off the shelf, you're burning 40, 60% of your money. You know, you could have bought a few other bottles with that amount. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that means is that there's a tax arbitrage by working with a with a, a firm that can facilitate that for you, um, and because you're buying these bottles at their true value, not at their inflated tax um, import tax alcohol value, it'll be we're holding it in that storage facility. They mm-hmm. can be exited any part of the world, so we can exit from UK to New York to LA to um, India to wherever without um you know people you're, you're diminishing the value of your asset or your your, your fund um by paying taxes and, and all that sort of thing i love that well thank you so much for jumping on with us and you know better educating us on this whole space because it's definitely growing and i think you guys are pioneers at making this kind of a more accessible asset class for people to invest in so i can't wait for you know the prometheus you know, users to kind of learn more about how to do this, learn more from you on investing. And I'm super excited to go drink a glass of wine right now. And um, I'm just going to, I want to learn more Great. about how I can invest uh, myself. Uh, so thanks for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. Beautiful. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Cheers.